When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, we are going to get you ready for the Combine and the NFL Draft coming up here. Uh, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and no better person to turn to than Lance Reisland if we're going to talk draft. He has already dug in to all sorts of films. So we are here with you with the Combine coming up. And of course, me and Mary Kay will be heading to Indianapolis next week. That's sort of the unofficial kickoff of draft season. I know there's been the senior bowl and all this stuff, but this is really when folks start digging in, we're going to start getting some testing numbers, all sorts of stuff. So I thought let's have Lance Reisland on. Let's have him tell us about some guys who might be in the Browns range, who might fit some Browns needs uh, when they go on the clock in the second round and a little bit later when the draft kicks off. Lance, how are you? I'm doing very well. Dan, Mary Kay, how are you? We're doing great. Thank you. Okay, so let's just go through some people here, Lance, that you sent us. Let's start with wide receiver. Give us your number one guy here that that you like, that that you think could fit with the Browns. Well, the guy I think is Xavier Worthy out of Texas. He's uh, a 6'1", about one, he's really light, about 175, uh, big senior year, 75 receptions, uh, had over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. He's a game breaker. And when I look at him, he's an easy yards guy. I still think the Browns, are struggling to get those easy yards to make it second and eight. Uh, he's a guy I really like on film. He's a vertical threat. He can run the entire route tree, but he's a um, he's a guy who can play inside a little bit, outside a lot of bit, uh, outside a little bit. He runs a full route tree. Um, I think he'd be a really good addition for Deshaun Watson, especially again with those scrambling yards. Uh, and he's probably the fastest guy. He's been timed at four two nine. He's probably the fastest guy in the combine. We'll be at the combine. So let me ask you this, Lance. So let's say the Browns draft Xavier Worthy. Who does he take reps away from? When does he get on the field? Who does he get on the field with in what formations? Well, I think it's going to be, it would have to be 11 personnel. I think he'd be the third guy is, is what they would uh, assume he would be. I would obviously he'd have to earn that. Uh, I still believe uh, a lot of what I did with receiver work, I think Elijah Moore is going to have a huge year. I think that because once Deshaun Watson, if he can play the whole year and stay healthy, a guy like Elijah Moore who plays in the slot and a lot of his stuff is based on timing and reps, he'll have, he's going to have a huge year. They still need that guy to take the top off, kind of what they want a good one to do, but it just didn't work out. But they need a guy who can take the top off, get some easy yards, a guy who can play multiple positions in, uh, inside and out. Uh, I worry about him uh, only being 175 pounds, taking that you know that constant pounding. So I think it's the guy who can open up the zone, that levels concept they like to run, and just kind of be that speed guy they've been looking for. 
I'm glad you brought up the size because I wanted to follow up on that. Uh, six one, six one is good, right? You'll take a guy who's six foot one, but you mentioned that one seventy two to one seventy five. That worries me. I mean, we've seen small guys work in the NFL, but we also know how physical this game is and how you can get beat up. You know, especially if you're playing the slot, you're going over the middle. I know the game has changed and and guys don't get hit quite like they used to, but that would worry me a little bit to bring in a guy who's right in that 170s range. That that is small for sure. Well, that kind of it kind of ties into like how I thought last year Bryce Young as a quarterback. That would be his one point where what are you going to do with him and how are you going to get him touches? Cuz I don't think he's uh he's a guy um, not necessarily a receiver. He's a touch guy. So it could be jets. It could be uh, fly sweeps, uh, the tunnel screens, all those kind of things just to create touches. Again, trying to get those easy yards so the Browns don't have to go on these 10, 12 play drives all the time. You know, you saw that against the Texans when they can get some big plays and some easy first downs. It just makes everything so easy. Uh, you know, he's really good. For as small as he is, he's fairly, fairly physical. He's really good uh, at all three levels. He's very good releases against press coverage. Now, some of the athletic guys, he could beat those guys in, the, uh, you know, in college. Some of the athletic guys are a little bit bigger. They might have to move him, get him off motion, you know, uh, you know, motion him a lot, stack him, get him in bunches, things like that. But that speed, he's got legit uh, 4-2 speed, and he carries it over to the football field. Some guys are track guys and don't carry it over. He carries it over. So, uh, yeah, that's a concern. That weight is a concern, absolutely, especially when you're down there seeing those guys every day, how big they are. Do you have an NFL comp for him? Um, you know, I, I kind of like I was kind of a crushing on Tank Dell last year. I really think it's that kind of Tank Dell where he's a guy who um, will learn the route tree, uh, a guy even like Tank Dell. Those guys who are just better at all positions, you know, a receiver, you just run by people. Even at the college level, if you're a pro guy, you run by. So those guys will get taught how to work their routes, how to work the back shoulder, how to work the blind spots. He has Amari Cooper, who may be the, one of the best route runners of all time. So he'll learn some of those routes. Um, but that would be kind of my guy, a guy who um, you, he's not going to do everything right. But that speed, if you could just get him in space, uh, could get you seven nothing, which kind of gets you rolling a little bit. OK, uh, let's move on to name number two here. Well, a guy I really, really like and I'm really starting to like him on film. He's kind of kind of crushes Xavier Leggett. He's a big guy out of South Carolina. Um, he's a kind of a Debo Samuel kind of guy. He's a four three guy. Um, he is six one, about two twenty five. So he's a big, thick kid. Um, last year, the only thing concern would be that he only had one big year, but he had a big year at South Carolina. He had 71 receptions uh, for over 1,200 yards and uh, averaged 17 per. So he's a big play guy. Uh, he's a big physical, like he's a combine freak. He'll, he'll be the guy who runs well, jumps well, uh, shuttles well, does all those things really, really well. And that size, he kind of, for me, is a little bit like Elijah Moore, you know, but bigger. So he gives you, he can run those jet sweeps and he can run those fly sweeps and he can, you know, toss the ball to him because he's big and strong and physical. Really, really like him. And with Dickerson coming in, I'm trying to look at some guys that are going to be, they're going to go, I think they're going to go to some condensed formations um, because Dickerson with that McFay background will come in and they're going to run some condensed formation though. So those receivers have to get up on linebackers and safeties now a little bit more. So I think I'm looking for guys who can run it can catch it and can get in there in the blocking game, Cooper Cup style, those guys who can be physical at the point of attack um, along with emotions and all that kind of stuff. So big physical guy, um, Debo Samuel would be the kind of guy I think when I see him and physically, uh, I can't wait to pick your guy's brain when you get back from the combine. Physically, he's it, 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 he, he matches what you want at NFL receiver. I like the fact that uh, you're bringing up Debo's name here because I think anybody can use a guy like that, just a real – 
dual threat kind of, of guy, the, the wide back sort of role. And the Browns really wanted to do that last year with Elijah Moore. And obviously they could not really do it the way that they wanted to because of his size. It doesn't mean that they won't uh, try to still do some of those things, but this certainly looks like a guy where they could maybe incorporate some of those, uh, some of those plays and put them back into the playbook. Well, you know, and what he gives you is, he, uh, again, a touch guy, easy yards. And, you know, if you look at what the 49ers do, the 49ers run the same zone that Kevin Stefanski run. They just toss it to uh, – they talk to McCaffrey, and they do some different things with it. And sometimes they'll toss it to Debo. And sometimes you just need a guy who, you know, kind of settles you down and gets you to second and four. Or if it's second and ten, gets you to third and six. And, you know, the Browns are so good on third down, and I think Kevin Stefanski is a fantastic play designer. They have to create these easy yards because so many times – you see them go 10, 12 play drives and they do a great job. That's really hard to do. These guys are all guys that can kind of create some their own stuff, right? It's like a it's like a shot maker in basketball. You know, you can do everything right. A guy's got to make a shot. They need some guys who could just make people miss. Some guys who can just nick chubb and just you toss it to them and then get some yards, old school style. And that's that's kind of what they're missing. And I think this is a guy, and I think it takes pressure off Elijah Moore to have to do that running part of it. Now Elijah Moore can work in the slot and those option routes and the RPOs and things that are in space, but not in space out of the backfield. He's not big enough to be out of the backfield, but in space in the slot, he could be fantastic. Okay, I'm going to spoil something here as we move on to name number three. Uh, Lance sends us notes, um, and um, the notes, the very last <clears throat> note on this comes with an exclamation point that just says, I love this kid. So Lance, <laughs> let's do this. Number three here on your list. Uh, Malachi Corley, he's out of Western Kentucky, small. He's more of a slot. He's a small school kid. Uh, again, had a big year last year, 75 receptions, 1,000 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns. Another Debo-type guy. He's, uh, you know, he's 220, 215, 220 pounds. Uh, I think he's the best run-after-catch guy uh, that I watched so far. And obviously, I'll get more and more into the lower um, guys who are going to be lower in the draft. But this is a guy who's really, really good after catch. He's... Uh, and I, you know, for some reason, I'm, I really like these guys who are at smaller schools and go to the senior bowl and nominate. And he's a guy who went to senior bowl and really, really did well against high level competition. Um, he did really well against high level competition when Western Kentucky played, you know, big schools. So again, he's a four, three, uh, four, four, three guy. Uh, he's hit 23 miles per hour on the uh, GPS. Uh, he's a f- combine freak. He's a, f- you know, he's a four, uh, 4.08 shuttle, which is extremely fast. He benched 355 pounds. Uh, the thing I really like about him is he's a multi-sport. In this age of specialization, he's a multi-sport kid out of high school. And if you see these guys in the NFL, they're all multi, multi-sport kids, which I think is really important for competitive and learning how to use your muscles and spatial awareness and and where you're at and being able to control your body and things like that. So a guy I absolutely, um, you know, every year, last year was uh, uh, Ivan Pace for me. This year is for sure Malachi Corley. I just think he's he's just so fun to watch on film. Do you see him being able to contribute uh, in any way pretty early on on special teams? And if so, uh, what role would that be? He's got tremendous hands and he's a tremendous athlete. So I think he can return punts and I think he can return kickoffs, especially if he's not going to be in the mix, especially if the Browns are in 12 personnel a lot more than, you know, if they're not getting into three receiver sets, that he can be a guy who can uh, obviously cover kicks and he's a guy who can punt and kick return. Uh, His talent, his skill set, uh, is that of an athlete. So again, I have always been a big believer in uh, one of my play calls that we all see on those little sheets. It said, didn't say it didn't have passes or uh, runs. It just said touches. And he's another guy who just needs touches. So uh, you're, you're, you know, a guy who gets eight to 12 touches with kick and punt returns being part of those 12 touches. 
one of the notes that, that you mentioned as you were talking through him was uh, he, he had a great senior bowl. And that's one of the things that, especially for skill players, that stands out to me, right? I remember, you know, being at the senior bowl, I don't remember the year he came out, but I remember Tredavious White everywhere I looked was just making plays and he turned out to be a really good player. He gets hurt a lot now, but he's, he was a really, he's been a really good player for the bills. Cooper cup, the year he was at the senior bowl was maybe the best player there. So I think that matters. I think that matters, but not across the board. Sometimes there's guys who have great senior bowls. It doesn't work out. But guys who have great practice weeks at the Senior Bowl, especially at the skill positions, that's always something I, I take note of. You know what else well, I think is important about that right now, real quick, is the fact, and Lance, you can address this too while, while you're answering this, is the fact that I think the Senior Bowl is better now because they have juniors and seniors. So before, you didn't have the best talent in the NFL necessarily. I think even as the years go by, the Senior Bowl is going to be more pivotal in, in how these guys are evaluated. Yeah, Dan, to bring the kind of piggyback on what you're saying about the skill guys, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, sometimes when you see those one-on-ones with offensive defensive linemen, that's great for toughness, but that doesn't really, that's not always the telling tale. Sometimes it will be as a speed rusher, but there is, that defensive lineman has absolutely no threat of run. He's absolutely pinning his ears back and coming, and that can be kind of misleading at times, you know, especially in one-on-one drills. But in receiver, you know, a DB receiver drills, you know, DBs and receivers, you can get a good look. Can a guy get off press? Can a guy press? Uh, can a guy cover in the slot? Can a guy cover over the top? Is a guy good in zone drops? Is a guy good in man drops? So, yeah, I think you can really get a feel in zone what those guys are trying to do. Um, you, know, it, you know, skill guys, what those guys can do in both zone and man um, because that's what they're going to play, and they're, they're on an island out there. Okay, let's get to name number four here. A uh, guy I love, Roman Wilson out of Michigan. There's a couple reasons I like him. Again, didn't have a huge years number-wise, but you're not going to at Michigan. But here's something that I think is kind of under uh, understated when you got when you look at receivers out of a, a, a program like Michigan or any style that. He's coming out of a huddle. That's different. He's coming out of verbiage. That's different. So a lot of these guys struggle when they get to the NFL with verbiage, and you get these easy calls in these um, – you know, these kill-kill calls where you're getting multiple calls in a huddle and things like that. And that's hard for receivers. He's coming out of a pro system, which I really think helps him mentally because he's been in a huddle. He understands formations and shifts and different sets and different personnel groups. You know, a lot of times in college, receivers are on one side, no huddle, fast as you can go, running three routes. And that, you know, then it takes them a while to kind of learn that. So I think that learning curve for Roman Wilson is going to be a little bit shorter than most. And then he's got elite, elite athletic skills. He's a lot longer than his 5'10". He plays a lot longer, and his arm length's a lot longer. Um, really good short area quickness, 30-plus uh, arms, like I said, so he plays longer than 5'10". Really good at route recognition. He's really good at um, all parts of the route tree. Uh, he understands coverage. Uh, Michigan runs a number of, like, multiple routes where they're going to run a slant or a seam, depending on what coverage they get. So he's very um, – He's very pro-ready in terms of uh, both physically and mentally. When you look at a guy like this, I, I think it's it's very important to look at any of these receivers through the lens or the prism of how are they going to match up with Deshaun Watson and what he's bringing to the table in terms of his dual threat skill set and you know being able to uh, you know stay relevant on site adjustments and whatnot. Uh, what do you think when you see a guy like this? Is he someone with his athleticism uh, and field vision that he can do those kinds of things? Well, yeah. So you get a guy, so you think about scramble drill, scramble drill is there's kind of universal rules for scramble drills when a quarterback starts scrambling. So if you're deep, you come short. 
If you're short, you go deep. And if you're on one side, you go to the other. It's pretty simple. But to do that, you have to understand where the coverage was. So if it's cover three, they're going to be deeper. If there's cover two, there's going to be guys in the flat. And I think those guys who that have an understanding of where not only where to scramble to, but what the coverage is so they can get to those open windows and kind of see what a quarterback is seeing. And that comes with practicing scramble drill against, uh, you know, against uh, different coverages, against different people, uh, comes with the speed of the NFL. Uh, but it really comes down to knowledge of the game. And I think, it, it, it you know, because of the fact he's in a pro style, there's no question they're working scramble drill. And I, I and everybody works scramble drill. But at Michigan, it's very, I would assume with Harbaugh, it's very pro-like in terms of, formations, personnel groups, down and distance, things like that. It's more pro than just as fast as you can go. The college game has become as fast as we can go. And uh, so I think that'll help him. But, yes, I think he's a guy that matches. He can find windows. He'll find – he'll keep plays alive. He's super explosive in a short area. Uh, he's not a huge run-after-catch guy to this point, but he doesn't have to be if he can find an opening and, and get down and get first down. So, uh, but yeah, I think he'll be, I think he'll match very well with Deshaun Watson and, and the, those extended plays that Watson's known for. I, I love that you bring up the huddling stuff. And I did a story on this like forever ago. It actually might've been the last time I went to the senior bowl, but um, <clears throat> it's incredible to me that you'll talk to these guys and they've never huddled in their lives. It's like just, ne- I mean, these guys have played years of high school ball, years of college ball, and they have never gotten into a huddle. Maybe outside of like running out the clock in high school or something, or running it out. But like, it's it's just fascinating to me. And then in the NFL, that's all you do is huddle. Like nobody, r- I mean, they'll run no huddle here and that here and there. But the NFL is a huddling league. I just, I always find that interesting. So that being said, when you look at a guy like this who maybe doesn't have incredible production and Michigan was not a place where they're throwing the ball all over, all over the place. We all remember the Penn state game where they barely threw the ball in the second half. I guess, how do you judge a player like this who's in such a different offense and isn't in necessarily a super explosive all the time offense? Well, you're going to have to base it on his, his workouts. I think his workouts for him will be big, but I also think when you look on film, you know, Michigan, they ran the ball 34 straight times against Penn State in the second half. That's 34 runs in a row. What was his effort during those runs? And where did he let, you know, and, and again, going back to what you said, in a no-huddle offense, there's a there's a guy on the right, there's a guy on the left. For the most part, there's a guy who's a motion guy. In the NFL, they're all on the right and left. They're all motion guys. So it depends, you know, I, I think it has to do, his individual workouts will for sure be huge for him. Uh, you know, the senior bowl was big for him. He stepped up, had a fantastic senior bowl. I think his pro day, the combine, his ability to uh, bend, his ability to run routes when they do the uh, the gauntlet drill, when they catch left and right, um, his ability to play different positions. I think the idea of coming out of a pro offense that he right now can line up X, Y, and Z and, and have pretty good knowledge of where to line up will allow him um, to minim- and, you know, limit that curve. Because remember, I've said it forever, if your brain is thinking, your feet aren't moving, and you're done in the NFL if that's the case. You gave us a sleep or two. Who is it? Uh, my speaker is Luke McCaffrey. I just, you know, obviously great lineage, but he's a guy who's just a football player. And he's, you know, he's big. He's he, he's six one in that two 200 range. Uh, big year last year. What I like about him is he kind of fits that Taysom Hill kind of mold, right? So he's a guy who went to Nebraska as a four or five star as a quarterback slot. Then he went to Rice, had a big year at receiver, had a really good senior bowl. So he's a guy who's moved around. I, those guys who play quarterback and receiver, they're going to know where to go. They're going to know what the routes are. They're going to know how to do things. He's had really good success against man coverage, against zone coverage. Uh, he's a superior athlete. 
uh, meaning that he's raw on some routes, he's done some stuff, but he's a guy who's long. He plays long. He can play inside and outside. Uh, I see him more in the slot, but he's big enough to block, uh, and he's just a football player. And because of his knowledge, you can do so again. The Taysom Hills, the the, the stuff that is now in, in, that is big in the NFL, he can do. And I think he's a guy that you take. He's a guy who's great on special teams. He's a guy who can play some quarterback for you. He's a guy, you know, you get him in the later rounds. He's a guy who could do a bunch of things for you. So are you thinking more like a fifth rounder for, for him? Yeah, between, you know, I would say, you know, late day two into day three, where he's a guy, you know, especially if you don't need a particular position, but he, a guy, again, there's no there's no uh, limit on guys who can make plays, and Luke McCaffrey can make plays. And I think that's mm-hmm. what the NFL is looking for. However you get them touches is, you know, like a, a Taysom Hill. He's a running quarterback. That's the plus one. And there's a lot to be said where, a lot of running quarterbacks are not running power and counter. If you run power and counter with the quarterback, that's an extra guy um, if it's a true running back kind of look. So um, it's not faking across and run zone read. This is a we got the running back as an extra blocker. So I just think he'll be a mid-round pick, but I think he's a guy who gives a lot of uh, flexibility and a lot of fun to an offense. And I think about Kevin Stefanski's ability to do different things, and I think he's a fantastic play designer. And a guy like McCaffrey could be a guy – who could uh, do some different things for the Browns. And and we know the Browns like to draft smart players, right? And that's one of those things that stands out to me. Okay, he played quarterback. So this guy knows, this guy just knows what he's seeing wherever he lines up on the field. He knows what he's seeing from defenses. He's just, just that knowledge. There, there's so much to like there on top of what he can just do physically. Absolutely. And when you play the quarterback, so is it zone or man? And if, you know, when you're underneath quarterback and you get cover two and you're thinking, all right, I got to get this between the corner and the will backer, he's going to know to sit there because he was the quarterback. And again, that takes a lot of, you know, when you get minimal plays um, as a backup or as a guy who's not getting a ton of reps in practice, those reps have to count. And sometimes you make those reps count by understanding what your job is. So instead of having that play where you go in and go, Oh, okay. Next time I'll sit down in there. Guy like McCaffrey's been there and seen it as quarterback. He'll sit there, and then all of a sudden he's catching a catching a guy's eye. You know, there and that's all it is. You got to catch one guy's eye. You got to catch the head coaches, the receiver coach, the coordinator. You got to catch somebody's eye. And the more you know, and the more you can play, the better chance you have to uh, see the field. Okay, so Lance, um, I, I'm just curious. I, I know these guys aren't guys that the Browns are going to get after. Who is your favorite receiver in this class? And I know you haven't you know, done all your work on the entire class yet. But right now, recording this on February 22nd, is is it Marvin Harrison and everyone else? Or is there are there other guys in that discussion, you think? This I'm I'm 16 receivers deep. So I'm 16 receivers in uh, watching their cut-ups, watching multiple full games. Uh, my favorite receiver without question, Harrison's, he's fantastic, is Roma Dunze from, uh, uh, from Washington. He's my absolute favorite size and speed and ability to get open. I love the scheme they run uh, at Washington um, in, in terms of getting him in different spots. He's very much like Amari a, a Cooper in terms of route running, obviously not to that extent yet, but he's a guy who kind of reminds me of that big body guy, uh, can run, can get open, uh, really good at re- uh, releases, really good uh, at the uh, point of catch, and really, really good after catch. Uh, I liked, obviously, Harrison. I like neighbors. I had a Dunze three. Uh, Keon Coleman is from Florida State. It's another freaky athlete who can uh, do a lot of things. Tony Franklin from Oregon doesn't get talked about a bunch. Um, uh, Thompson kid from LSU I liked. 
uh, Adonia Mitchell from Texas. He was the other guy from Worthy. He's also got a lot of raw ability, but hasn't shown much, but I really like him. And then a guy who might be around, uh, who was a guy I almost brought up was, uh, I know Tim Bielik loves him, is Lad McConkey from Georgia. I think he's a guy who can do a lot of things very much in that Elijah Moore, Wes Welker slot kind of, you know, guy who can do a lot of different things from a lot of different places, very smart football player. Lad McConkey is a guy who could slide and and would be a guy worth taking um, if the Browns, uh, you know, if he was around when the Browns pick. He's got a lot of talent. Okay, can we do one more thing here, Lance, before we go? We're going to come back on Monday and we're going to do the trenches. But Mary Kay never gets to be on pods with you and I. And so real quick, <laughs> yes. here, it doesn't have to be the question you sent me because that, that question required a, a little bit of thought. Um, but do you have like a random Lance question here? Just oh, sitting gosh. in the back of your mind. Oh gosh. You know, you caught me off guard. I don't, I, uh, <laughs> I, I was just, I was just thinking you said, Ooh, that was a good one today. Uh, when I sent that one to you, we, we can question. do that one. We can do that one. I just, I don't know if, if that's well, something that requires some prep or, why everybody's got one though, right? So everybody at least has one. So Mary Kay, my question is for you guys at the end of your life before, right before you die, you get to get the totals of some, three things in your life. So you get to say, I have done this, or I have had eaten this many, or I have. So one of the things I would want to know when I died, nothing serious either. Cause these, these aren't serious with me and Dan ever. So what I would like to know right before I die is I would like the silly amount of hours I've watched film, football film. I would like to, I would like the total silly number of hours that I've watched football. Is there anything in your mind that you can think of like right before you die, a total of something in your life? Hmm, and I, I, I was trying to think about this too, like to not be too depressed at the yeah. time. Cause like, um, I certainly don't want to know how, how long I've spent staring at my phone. That is not something that I want to know. I mean, maybe I kind of <laughs> do, but like, I just, I don't want to get like the screen time alert and then just I'm gone. Like, well, that's oh, depressing. Well, what's your total hour to screen? <laughs> what's your total hours to screen yeah. time? That would be just, just depressing. Right. I mean, Mary Kay, that's a good one, right? Like how much football have you watched in your life? <laughs> like whether it's for work, whether it's just yeah. at, at, like, I guess it's always for work if we're watching the NFL in a way, but like how much football have you watched? Like that, that's one for me. For me, it's going to be how many quarterbacks have I covered? (laughs) That's a lot. That's a big number. That's a really big number. And growing. And growing. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's that's fantastic. Um, I don't know if you, there's not not enough time in the pod for all those quarterbacks. That's for sure. (laughs) So how, many, how many chicken wings have I eaten? I don't know. Oh, Something like that. That's a good one. Here's a, here my, uh, here's a relative of mine had a good one. Cause they're always like, cause they listen to you guys. And they're always like, what's your, and they're always make fun of me because of the question, but was, he said, how many uh, serial killers or murderers have I walked by in my life? Oh my like, gosh. That's, like, that's, that's a good, good. that's a good, it's like, it's morbid, but a good one. I like that one. Yeah. How many yeah. times, who, how many times have I avoided dying that i didn't even know about like there's oh. kind of i don't know they're like these moments where like the, the butterfly effect or whatever i don't know That's a, oh this is going to a dark place <laughs> <laughs> it 
it welcome, is going to <laughs> welcome to our welcome to our end of the pod, Mary Kay. Welcome to our end of the pod. <laughs> okay. Uh that's gonna do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're gonna come back on Monday. And we're going to actually dig into the trenches. We're going to talk defensive linemen, and we're going to talk offensive linemen. Uh, we're going to have Lance back on to go through some of his names there the same way that we just did wide receivers. So get subscribed, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Find us on Instagram, Orange and Brown Talk. Find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. And Football Insider, all the info for that is at cleveland.com slash Browns the Blue Banner at the top of the page. Mary Kay and Lance, I will talk to you all on Monday. <laughs> <laughs>